0: Mr. Xavier Reese, and the confidence we have of God's prophetic word. God places a great importance on you studying prophecy.
1: The prophecies in the word of God bring more assurance to the Christian because we know what's going to happen in the future. We know this world is going to get worse and more ungodly. The difficult time they're going through, we're right on schedule. God's word.
0: Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. Repentance leads to restoration. Today, Pastor Xavier reveals how this Old Testament principle applies to the Church today. It's this simple truth that helps us to stand strong in seasons of adversity. This is especially encouraging considering the state of the world today. And no time better than the present for today's encouraging message from the Old Testament book of Haggai. Let's listen.
1: Haggai chapter 2, we're going to look at verses 20 through 23. The message is entitled, God's Word Brings Great Assurance. Now, notice the prophet Haggai received his directive for his last prophecy. He says, Speak to Zerubbabel. Notice Zerubbabel is identified by his office at Jerusalem, governor of Judah. He was the one responsible for the first Jewish remnant that returned at the decree of Cyrus in 537 B.C. You find this in Ezra 514. He was appointed by Cyrus to be governor of Judah. But yet God's hand was upon all of this. The return had um, taken place according to the prophecies that God had given to Jeremiah. Chapter 25, verse 12, 29, 10, and many others. Exactly according to God. Zerubbabel was God's man for the job for this time. The work that he had prepared for him. Notice secondly comes a prophetic um, consolation in the rest of 21 and 22. In 21 there God gave to Haggai four messages as I said 1-1, 2-1, 2 210 and 220 The first on September the 1st as we've seen in Haggai chapter 1 verse 1 the prophetic utterance there was addressed to Zerubbabel and Joshua The revelation was to assure the two men about two things that God had brought the people back from captivity to do his work to build the temple Secondly, that God knew their selfish, apathetic indifference to the will and the work of God. See, God's the only one that can do that and know that. The outcome was that the people repented, as we've seen, 23 days later. The second message was on the 21st day of October in chapter 2, verse 1. and was addressed this time to three individuals. Zerubbabel and Joshua again. And then to the remnant of the people. The revelation was to assure them of certain things. First, that the past glory of Solomon's temple was surpassing to that of Zerubbabel. Second, that the temple of Zerubbabel would have in the future a greater glory. Why? Because God incarnate, Jesus Christ, the second person of the Godhead, would be walking in that temple and teaching in that temple. But thirdly, ultimately the kingdom temple would surpass... All previous glories that would be the millennial temple, because that 's the climax Jesus Christ is ruling, and David ruling alongside him, and we 're ruling with him during the thousand year reign. This your kind of glory is present in every way, superior to all now the third came thirty three days after the second message on the twenty fourth day of December, and that is found in chapter two verse ten and the revelation addressed the priests, plural, this time. The revelation was to assure them of two things that God was concerned with their holiness, verse 10 through 14. Second, that God was going to bless the labor of their hands from that day forward since they repented, verse 15 through 19. The fourth came on the same day as the third message, on the 24th day of. The same month, December, which we're studying. The revelation addressed Arubabel alone now. The revelation was to assure two things that God would establish the Davidic throne as he had promised. God cannot lie. And also that God would use Arubabel in the last days. Notice God gave Arubabel a fourfold assurance that he would, in fact, establish the Davidic throne by the phrase, I will. The end of verse 21 all the way to 22. I will, I will, I will, I will. Four times. In 21 there at the end, God will bring cataclysmic judgment using nature prior to the establishment of the kingdom of David. I will shake heaven and earth. This again marks the tribulation and great tribulation. So we're going from the present all the way to the future. God will defeat also powerful world empires through... Other empires. Listen to the second I will. I will overthrow the throne of kingdoms. Verse 22, the beginning. God is the one in control over the nations of the world. And he brings and allows nations to conquer other nations. I will overthrow, he says. Though God uses nations, he's doing it, he's allowing it. God revealed the first four kingdoms he would overthrow. In the time of the Gentiles. He's already mentioned that. He's not dealing with that here. But we know that Babylon was overthrown by Medo-Persia. And then Persia took over. Media dropped off. And then Persia was overcome by Greece. And Greece was overcome by Rome. Then you have a little prophetic clock stop. And then it will pick up again in the seven-year tribulation of the Antichrist tribulation great tribulation. God did not reveal the ruling nations after Rome. But the principle stands... He knew the nations and He will allow the nations to be overthrown, to be conquered by His very hand ever since. Jesus accepted the Old Testament as historical and literal. And that there would be an absolute fulfillment of every prophecy. Listen carefully. Matthew 5.18 For assuredly I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away, one jot or one tittle will by no means pass from the law till all is fulfilled. The smallest letter... Or marking a stroke over the letter will be fulfilled so where's the doubt regarding prophecy what are the basis for the skeptics and what do they base it on are they superior to Jesus Christ because they have a PhD before their name the Christians have absolute assurance about things that the world is still trying to figure out ladies and gentlemen We know God created the world out of nothing. He just spoke it into being, the word bara. The non-believer tries to explain the Big Bang, or by natural selection of the evolutionary process with billions of years brought this to pass. The only Big Bangs in their head. You would have a greater chance of you driving down the freeway with your arm hanging out the window, and there was an explosion in a building as you're driving by, and all of a sudden a Rolex lands on your wrist. <laughs> the simple cell is not as simple as they say it is. If you've taken biology, you know that there isn't enough time factor in trillions, billions of years for the na- simple cell to even come about by chance, randomly. It's very complex. We believe every human being will spend eternity in heaven or hell, separated from God, based on whether they repent from their sins and believe that Jesus Christ died for their sins by rising from the dead. The unbeliever has myriads of belief systems, some philosophical, some religious, but nevertheless they... Do not believe in what the scriptures declare. They believe that there is a God who loves them regardless of how they live. And that God would not be judgmental stuff like that. Well they can take it up with them when they see him. Doesn't really matter. The prophecies in the word of God. Bring more assurance to the Christian. Because we know what's going to happen in the future. We know. This world is going to get worse. And more ungodly. I told you, these four years that we fulfill them, it'll be just a window time of mercy. That's all it will be. We're right on schedule. This world will experience the removal of a multitude of people in the rapture of the church one day. They'll explain that E.T. took us home. (laughs) They're going to have a blast taking over our houses, our cars, our bank accounts, all of that. The world's going to be very wealthy. The world will then... And then Jesus will establish his kingdom as we rule with him. Those that didn't take the mark of the beast repopulate the earth. Satan is bound for a thousand years. But there'll still be sin and death in the millennial kingdom. Even though he's redone the earth and the animals have no more ferocity. um, But certain things remain. Wherever you have death, you have sin. Because death is a result of sin. It isn't until after the white throne judgment, the new heaven, the new earth, that everything will be no tears, no sorrows, no nothing. Not in the millennial kingdom. For us, we're glorified, but for the people who repopulate, no. You realize that 20% of the Bible, or one-fifth, contains prophecy. God places a great importance on you studying prophecy. Listen to Peter. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scriptures of any private interpretation. Change that word. Of no origin or personal impulse. It's not of any private Impulse or origin, for prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. Literally, carried. Second Peter one twenty and twenty one, God's word. The prophetic consolation to Zerubbabel was to strengthen his faith. Strengthen his faith. Difficult time they're going through. Notice thirdly, verse twenty three, the prophetic declaration. God had a plan for Zerubbabel in the far future, as we said. The specific time is given and is emphatic in that day. It indicates a period of tribulation, great tribulation. In that day, you also find that day throughout the scriptures. And it's mentioned by all the major and minor prophets with the exception of a couple. This day is when the day of man will come to a close. The authority is also given notice, says the Lord of hosts. The title, as we stated, means the captain of the armies of heaven. The omnipotent, unafraid, unbeaten creator. The certainty of the prophetic event is guaranteed by God. Listen, I will take you, Zerubbabel, my servant, the son of Shaltiel, says the Lord Yahweh. The initiator, I will take you. God's sovereignty decides God takes people, but not because they're talented, but because he desires to use them for his glory. When God uses us, ladies and gentlemen, it's just his mercy and his grace and his love. Not because we're so talented or, you know, proficient in what we do. The person, Zerubbabel, notice he says, my servant. The word servant is one subject to the purposes of God. This goes back to the Old Testament. One who would be used of God in the future, but is that servant who would, of his own accord, submit himself to his master after six years of service, having paid his debt, and said, I love you so much, I don't want to be let loose. So he would take his slave to the doorpost of his house, take a hammer and all, put his ear there, put a hole in it, put an earring on it. When you saw a man with an earring, He was a slave by choice for his life with his master. This is what Haggai is. My servant. Then notice God had a specific call for Zerubbabel in that last day. He was given a high privilege. And I will make you like a signet ring. In ancient times, the signet ring was related to the authority of the crown, the throne, or the scepter. Ahab had um, one, and his wicked wife... Jezebel, if you remember, used the seal the letter that framed Nabal and sealed his death in 1st Kings 21 8. Darius used the ring like that to seal the decree concerning the lion's den in Daniel 6 17. King Ahasuerus or Xerxes also used the ring to seal his decree in Esther 8 8. This authority had been removed from Jehoiachin, remember, Jeremiah prophesied in Jeremiah 22:24. It was a sign of sonship and ownership, a sign of authority, a sign of honor. Zerubbabel, remember, was the grandson of Jehoiachin, also named Coniah or Jeconiah, a descendant of David through the king's line of Jehoiakim also. First Chronicles 3, Second Kings 24:15 and other places give us that. So you have both of these guys, the kingly line and the priestly line, Zerubbabel and Joshua. Right now he's focusing on Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel, by the way, is in the genealogy of Jesus Christ in Matthew 1.12. <laughs> now notice Zerubbabel was to have a high honor. For I have chosen you, says the Lord of hosts. God knows the end from the beginning. He cannot make a mistake. He knows everything and cannot learn anything. You and I will learn something until the day we die. And yet as we get older, it's hard, more difficult to find those things once we put them in here. <laughs> he has foreknowledge that proceeds from his omniscience. Omniscience means he knows everything. Foreknowledge means he knows it before it happens. God sovereignty chose Zerubbabel. I have chosen you, he says. He chooses individuals for a set time, for a set purpose, but never violating their will. How can that work? I don't know. He alone knows who will obey, who will not obey. And sometimes, even in spite of the disobedience, God still uses them and chooses them. You want to try Moses on for sight? How about David? I got a better one. How about you? Me. He never forces anyone to be his servant. You've got to open your ear to him of your own will. Because you love Him. You find that in Exodus 21, 5-6 through 6, where the servant makes that commitment. What exactly and to what extent is this prophecy for Zerubbabel is debated. Some see it merely as a fulfillment of the promise of God for the Davidic line. Others think He might be one of the two witnesses that are going to be Going against the Antichrist in the Great Tribulation. Now, there are two men who have never died physically: Enoch and Elijah. In the Book of Hebrews 9:27 says, "It is appointed unto man to die once, then the judgment." They're the only two that have never died physically. Now, God is going to use His two witnesses against the Antichrist, and then God's going to allow the Antichrist to kill them. And they will lay in the streets of Jerusalem for three days. Every eye will be upon them. And after the three days, the Spirit of God will go into them. And they'll rise up and go up to heaven. And the world will know they're in big trouble. They will send presents to one another. They'll be so glad to kill these witnesses. Listen to Revelation 11.3. And I will give power to my two witnesses. And they will prophesy 1,260 days clothed in sackcloth. The dress of a prophet, afflicting their soul, calling people to repentance. Revelation 11, 7 says, When they finish their testimony, the beast that ascends out of the bottomless pit will make war against them, overcome them, and kill them. By the way, in the, the book of Revelation, God gives the authority. God, gives them, God allows all these things. He sets the boundaries. So, the possibility has several candidates. Elisha for sure is one of the two witnesses, Malachi four or five tells us. John the Baptist came in the power of the Spirit of Elijah, not the ultimate fulfillment. He will come literally. He'll be one of them. Top on the list are the two that have never died, Enoch and Elisha. If we want to just use the principle of math of Hebrews nine twenty seven, that everybody has to die, then they would be the top two. But something Moses and Elijah are the two witnesses due to the miracles they perform. During the great tribulation of shutting up the heavens of rain and of um, power over the waters to turn them into blood and to strike the earth with every plague as often as they desire. Revelation 11 says. Yet Zerubbabel is promised an important work in the last days of the great tribulation, which could be one of the two witnesses. We're not sure. So I give you all of them, the possibilities. But whatever it is, he has a part. It could be that Enoch and Elijah, because they haven't died, are fulfilled. But there's a work for Zerubbabel. God alone knows exactly what that is. By the way, if you read the book of Revelation, God has a, a work for John the Beloved also in the last days. Okay? There's a lot of little nuggets you got to you know, look carefully. What are you doing to get prepared for what God has for you tomorrow. Stephen um, began as a deacon. And when there became murmuring over the and his widows. Thinking they were being dealt with unfairly. He was put as one of the deacons to oversee that work in the book of Acts. And then God used him to preach the gospel to the Cyrenians. And then God had him to die for his faith. Crying out, Lord forgive them for they know not what to do, just like his master on the cross. Your obedience today will prepare you for tomorrow's work that God has, and the next day, and the next day. You cannot put it on cruise control, ladies and gentlemen. Do you know what God has called you to do or to be in the body of Christ? Whether it's here or wherever God takes you. Are you walking in that calling? Are you seeking the Lord for His direction every day? Are you growing, developing, and maturing spiritually in the Word of God? Do you value the Word of God like Job? He says, I esteem God's Word more than my daily substance. Are you aware that it is all based on the grace of God, by the way? Whatever it is, He does. Colossians 4 17, listen to it. Paul says to Archippus, Take heed to the ministry which you have received in the Lord, that you may fulfill it. I could have never imagined what God had for my life. Not my wildest dreams. Are you preparing yourself for the things Jesus has for you in the far future? Or are you comfortable and complacent spiritually, just kicking it? Perhaps you think God could not use you. If God can use me, he can use you. Trust me. What do you see yourself doing in the Lord? If he would tarry the next 20 years. No idea what God has for you. Are you being prepared for it? Are you preparing yourself? Are you looking to him? If it's the same thing you are doing and that's all you're going to do, that's fine. You'll do it better. You'll do it more humbler. You do it to the glory of God. But God usually prepares you to do other things and to advance you and to mature you. He presses you forward. Listen to Paul the Apostle as he writes to the Corinthians in first Corinthians two nine through twelve, he says, But as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard, nor has it entered the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of, of man except the Spirit of Man which is in him, even so no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Now, we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. This is not for heaven. This is for the here and now. You have no idea what he has for you next week. Next year. But you're to be preparing yourself for it. See, a lot of young people, you single people, you come here with a checklist looking for a chick or a husband, okay? And you got your checklist. Listen... You're to be preparing yourself to be the right person, not looking for the right person. We got it backwards. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. How are we doing? Romans ten seventeen. Listen, your eternity depends on it. Your abundant life depends on it. The blessing on your children, the protection on your home. The prophetic declaration of the Zerubbabel was to increase his faith. And so the assured promise of God to Zerubbabel was that the throne of David would ultimately be established. It's characterized by the prophetic revelation to Zerubbabel that he was to receive in faith. The prophetic consolation to Zerubbabel was to strengthen his faith. And the prophetic declaration to Zerubbabel was to increase his faith. Do you think this might be practical for us in our day? (laughs) Or do you think God made a mistake in putting this chapter in? (laughs) God is so good, doesn't he? The Word is never out of date, ladies and gentlemen. It's always fresh and alive.
0: Pastor Xavier Reese and the power of the living Word of God. More Assuring Simple Truths from the Prophet Haggai. Now you can request a copy of today's essential study, God's Word Brings Great Assurance, available on CD for just $4. And by the way, this CD will also contain everything Pastor Xavier shared with us the last time we were together as well. The title you'll be asking for once again is God's Word Brings Great Assurance. Or simply mention today's date when you write Simple Truths. 91107 and it's helpful when you mention the call letters of this station when you contact us and then join us for more Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese right here next time Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese a daily half hour broadcast is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California